0: I wanted to start out with a question for you just while I was setting up here. I was thinking about it. Okay. Do you record these podcasts in the dark or with lights on?
1: Uh, buck naked <laughs> in a pitch black room, but one candle lit, Yeah. but only in the corner of my room Okay. with a small, uh, slightly opaque sheet of paper obscuring it so it's not direct light.
0: And you're standing up normally too, right? Obviously, yeah. yes. Okay.
1: One of one of those facts is true. <laughs> I, I I am standing. Yeah, you yeah. Do kind of the mega desk setup from the office. The mega desk? My desk is pretty uh it's pretty simple. It's just a it's just a very basic standing desk oh, okay. with my laptop on it. And then uh, I'm I do have a pillow that sits behind my laptop.
0: I have a pillow that sits behind my ma- microphone to hopefully take away from some of the bouncing off the walls of my voice.
1: Yeah, that's that's why I have it, too. Yeah. I, I didn't need it before, but when I upgraded to the condenser mic, mm-hmm. uh, I did start picking up more, like, off-the-wall noises. Ah. Um, so so I did end up adding a couple pillows in strategic places.
0: Yeah. I. I normally just turn off the lights. I don't know why. I just feel more focused and I feel better whenever I do
1: that. Oh, so you're, you like, I this is a fact that I did not know. So you, you turn the lights out. Yeah. And it's, you're just lit by your computer. Yep. That's it. Does your computer, I guess it doesn't go to sleep no. because it's, it's on, it's on. Interesting. Yeah,
0: it's dimmed though. And, uh, got the blue light from the side of the microphone too.
1: Oh man. So it's kind of, kind of moody.
0: Yeah. I don't know why I do that. I just prefer it. So
1: <sighs> we should try it one of these times. We should, uh, we should. Throw the old webcam on the whole time and just awkward stare at each other the whole time.
0: Um, it's, I think it's one of these things that this only works because we don't. Have
1: <laughs> I I don't think I could handle it.
0: <laughs> we have never seen each other in real life. Fun fact.
1: Yeah, that is the foundation of our relationship: is not seeing each other.
0: <laughs> Everything that we've said about being friends growing up is a lie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's been. I feel like it's been a while since we recorded an episode. I guess it
1: hasn't, but like, oh, it has. This is the longest break since we started mm. this whole project. It is by the time this comes out, I believe it will be an entire month in between episodes.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, that's that's it, it is weird like it, it, it was it felt odd because like it's been such a long time and we normally don't do that, but there's just been like you were on vacation, which we'll get to, and then you know, um last week, I think all week, both of us were like tonight? And we're like, yeah, sure. And then I think neither of us ended up communicating with each other it <laughs> night time.
1: Yeah. I, uh, it, I have this as, like, a topic for later, but maybe this is a good time to sort of bring this up. There's, like, a weird thing with with my side project stuff lately. I think it's because I'm, I'm so deep into this app mm-hmm. that I'm working on, but, like, my time feels way more precious than normal. Oh, yeah. And it's not that it's not that I don't feel like I have time for doing this because this is actually usually a like welcome break. Like I actually, you know, we not so much anymore now that you're, you're working a normal time uh, with your job, but like we used to record this for for me very late. We would start this around my bedtime, if not a little later, but it was like worth it for me because I felt better afterwards. I would both, and, and what's funny is afterwards, like we've talked about before, I would end up staying up late even after yeah. we recorded because I was sort of just energized. I don't know. It's weird. But then even like the whole week, whenever I would be editing on and off, and then when we'd release them, I just felt good about it. And so it was like it made up for the extra tiredness. But for whatever reason, I haven't been putting the like mental effort into mm-hmm. like making sure we record because for whatever reason, the hardest part of this whole thing is getting a time to record because we don't we don't operate on a like specific schedule because neither of our schedules work out that way and i feel like it takes one of us has to be in the mood to sort of like push for it or it just for whatever reason doesn't happen and i feel like that's sort of that's sort of been the case with that and like the other thing the thing i was going to bring up was uh like we had talked about on the show i had two like goals for this year the one was the app which is what i've been yeah sort of knee deep into. But then the other one was I was doing a uh, weekly animation thing and it, it got to the point where I realized I just, I literally just don't have the like capacity to do that and also spend the time that I want to spend on getting that app released. Yeah. And so I kind of made the conscious decision. I think I'm going to stop doing that, but I was really close to 25 week 25, which I know it's not exactly half, but it like sort of felt like it was like halfway through the year and so for whatever reason, I decided that that was the end date. In the last couple of weeks of doing it, I was like, like stressing myself out to make sure I got it in and I'd be like a couple of days late and it would like, it would be bothering me. And then I realized like, why am I doing this to myself? And I don't know, like, do you find yourself doing this where you set like goals for yourself? And then because you set it as a goal, you're sort of doing it out of this like weird obligation, even though. The original intent no longer exists, and it's really doing more harm than it's helping anyway.
0: In a roundabout way, like, I, I my type of goal setting is a little different. It's not necessarily goals. Like, I think for me, b- by the way, kind of on this note before I get to that, um, I, I've actually weirdly, like, I don't think I've necessarily been, uh, like, inconsolably busy in the evenings or anything like that, but it is this weird thing where I'm getting used to this new job. And kind of learning the ropes that I'm actually like doing stuff now. So, eh.
1: yeah, I feel like you have the stress of learning an entirely new job slash like ecosystem of people. And then also you're you went from a night schedule to a day schedule. And that has to just be like uprooting.
0: Yeah. And it's not necessarily like, oh, God, I'm stressed out all the time. It's just sort of like I kind of enjoy getting off work, going to the gym, coming home and watching Lost and then just kind of hanging out until I'm ready for bed. And it's like, it is just sort of getting used to... It's
1: like socially exhausting.
0: Yeah. But um, as far as like goal setting though, like I do a weird thing and I actually let myself off the hook because I think for me it's healthier. But like I used to do this thing where like with books, for instance, I have like a very like completionist sort of attitude. And I started to realize oh, yeah. like... And now, I haven't read this series, but this is just an example. Like, for instance, take the Ender's Game series. There's so many, like, tangents and side series that are all attached to that. And I used to be the type of person that would go, like, I have to read all 40 of these books. And I would find myself, like, halfway through and realize that I was just doing it to do it and that I
1: wasn't enjoying myself at a like out of out of an obligation to yourself
0: yeah exactly and I wasn't enjoying it at a certain point and so I got to the point where whether it's tv shows books or whatever that I'm just sort of like I am going to let myself off the hook for this if I'm not enjoying myself because the whole point is to enjoy myself which is why I I I love talking books with people and recommending books to people but I have a hard time taking recommendations because I feel like I'm just not in the mood for that right now. Like, there will be a time where right. I'm in the mood for oh, whatever yeah. sci-fi thing you're recommending to me, but right now is not the thing because I'm really into this other thing.
1: <laughs> I'm very familiar with that feeling uh, with you with uh, TV shows.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I and and so I, I I do get that, but it's it's not necessarily goal setting because I don't rest necessarily work on projects like you do. But
1: no, I think that is a really good analogy because a lot, of, for the most part, my side projects are a sort of entertainment Mm -hmm. for myself. Like, yes, it's self-improvement and all that. And actually this year, uh, both of them were sort of more geared towards that. But like, for the most part, my goals are like Mm -hmm. for fun for me. And both of these goals that I set for myself this year were for fun for me. Like, Oh, I wanted to like get better at animation. And it was sort of, I like the idea of looking back on the year and seeing that I've made all these things. And so that was the whole point of doing it. And there was a point where I crossed the threshold where like, I had made the active decision that I could keep doing this. In fact, I did keep doing it even beyond when it made sense, but like none of the benefits, the benefits did not outweigh the Mm -hmm. cost anymore. And I like chose to not do it, but yet I still kept doing it out of this like weird obligation, which I think is exactly the same as like finishing a TV show just to finish it. Yeah. Even though you have like two seasons left and you're not even enjoying it anymore, but it's like, But you just feel like you have to for some reason. And yeah, I've never been good at like stopping myself on stuff like that.
0: I've done that. So there's sometimes I think there's smaller scale. Like I think if the scale is small enough, I can finish something. So like if I'm watching a really bad movie, but I've made it halfway through, I'm probably going to finish it because it's only like an hour and a half to two hours. But I agree when you're when you're in the scope of like book series or long running television shows or things like that. Um, even stuff that I mildly enjoy, like I'm kind of in this weird time where, like <laughs> I've mentioned kind of that I'm I'm rewatching Lost and I've suddenly realized that that my, I think my three favorite like drama type shows are all shows that have controversial slash problematic endings yeah. <laughs> and that's Game of Thrones, Gilmore Girls and <laughs> Lost for some reason. And so, um... But I like going back to those things, and and, I, and I'm doing that right now. And it's weird because there's all this great... Like, we're in, like, the golden age of, like, all of this great content coming out. And even stuff that I could mildly enjoy, but for some reason, I'm just... I'm not into it. Like, I... I, I like I like superhero stuff and stuff like uh the Flash on CW or whatever is like super nerdy and uh really weird and it seems like something that should be right up my alley, but I just couldn't get into it. And I realized like I'm just making myself watch this because I've convinced myself I'm a Flash fan and I'm not enjoying it because I feel like it's a chore. And so I'd rather just go watch Lost.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. It's I, I get it, but yeah, I guess is is what I'm kind of getting at. And it, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like it's this weird thing where, yeah, I, th- I I think when people publicly make these pronouncements that they're going to do something or they make some sort of commitment, they feel like they have to follow through with it. Like it's kind of the thing with like New Year's or Lent or things like that where people will get in this thing and they're like, no, I have to do. And it's like, well, if it's it, 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 like, do it for the actual goal. Like if it is to improve yourself and, you, and you're feeling like, it's doing what it's supposed to do, um, then do it. But if you're just miserable and it's not, and it's becoming more about completing or checking it off the list rather than what the actual, uh, point of the goal is, if that makes sense, then I feel like you should be able to forgive yourself for that. Like I, like I, like for instance, there's lots of people that, um, feel like they have to diet and look better for other people And I don't think that's the right reason to do it. I think you should do it for yourself. I think you should feel you should do it because you want to feel healthier. Like for instance, for me, while there is a little bit of the like, well, I'm dating and you know I want to you know look presentable. There, there is always going to be that little bit of part of it. But for me personally, it's like I'm just tired of feeling like winded walking to my car. So right, right. (laughs) I'd like like to exercise so (laughs) that I feel healthy and more awake, and it does work. Like if you do that and you eat better you have more energy and you don't feel tired all the
1: time yeah that's i think that's a good point because i think i think the like one of the big drivers is one that it was sort of a public pronouncement Mm -hmm. thing although to be honest i don't i don't know that very many people really care it's not you know it's not like i had like a big following or something so i don't even know how many people like noticed that i stopped doing it right but i think the other thing was this this sort of feeling of like you don't want to be that person who like Signs up for a gym membership and then sort of falls off the bandwagon. And but but like you said, it's like I didn't fall off the bandwagon. It was it was an active choice that I thought a lot about and actually kept doing it longer than I should Mm -hmm. just for the sake of that. And it yeah, knowing when to like let a thing go, even though I had set a specific time frame for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it's so hard to do. But it, it was. And uh, honestly, the only reason I, I ended up actually following through and stopping was was the Seattle trip because like leading up to it, I was getting them in like a couple days late every week and sort of a lot of them were basically just like things I was doing for other projects that I sort of turned into a, an animation. And then when I left for the trip, I was like, oh, how am I going to get do this for the trip? Do I need to do one before or right after? And then I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just not even going to think about it. And then I just felt way better afterwards.
0: Yeah. It's, like, like I go back to, like, the example of, like, lint. Like, I think lint is a great concept. And I think for a lot of people, it's really helpful. But I also see a lot of people committing to something, and they're just miserable the whole time because – it's like at a certain point or from the get-go, they're not really doing it for piety's sake. They're doing it for, like, just to have something, like, to to do and commit to.
1: Yeah, although Lent is a little different because, at least my understanding of it is, when you're feeling that craving for whatever the thing is, you're supposed... It is supposed to actually bring your mind to to God, right? Isn't that part of the thing?
0: Well, that's that, that's true. Maybe that's a bad example. I mean... I, I, I guess what I mean is, it's like whatever the goal is. So in that instance, like that's the goal. If 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 that's not what you're getting out of whatever you're getting up, you're giving up. Then it's sort of pointless. You're then you're just doing it to do it. If that makes sense. Right. Right. Good. Point. And same with like New Year's goals. Like if if you're if if you set a goal to like someone wants to lose fifty pounds and you lose thirty and you you're kind of comfortable where you're at, then you don't have to lose another 20 pounds just because you said you'd do it type of thing. Like, yeah, it's right. Uh, I, just another the clear example. Uh, I mean, Rachel held Evans, uh, who recently passed, uh, she wrote a book that her whole thing was like, sort of taking like a lot of ideas of from the old Testament about women. And it was like, I think it was like the concept was like a year of biblical womanhood. And so she like made this like commitment that she was going to follow all these things as literally as possible um over a year and like write about it and blog about it etc and i've read the book and it's one of those things where she kept hitting these like instances where it's like okay well this is too impractical to actually do and it's sort of one of those things where once you're in the moment you realize like this thing isn't actually uh what i thought it was and i think it's and she let herself off the hook for those things and i think that's a good example of like what does that make sense? I feel like I'm just repeating myself with different examples, but
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think it does. I think like I, the, I think the trick is, is there is a, maybe not fine line, but there is this, uh, thing you have to try and understand about the situation, which is, is it, is it hard and you're making excuses now, or is it that the original intent that you had whenever you started this no longer valid? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, like, you're a fan of documentaries, and a lot of times the best documentaries are uh, turn out to be something that they had not intended to be going into it, you know? Yeah,
1: no, no, that's, a, that's actually a good point. Like, once you get in, you, you let that sort of initial goal mm-hmm. be the driver that pushes you into this arena. And, yeah. yeah, maybe you find out that the information is different than what you started with. But I think the thing I struggle with a little bit is under is telling myself I'm not making an excuse. It truly is new information. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause there's a, there's the other version of this, which is like you decide to give up, you know, chocolate. And then as you're, as you're in it, because you're craving chocolate, <laughs> you start going like, well, is dark chocolate chocolate? I don't know. Is a, you know, mocha really chocolate or like yeah. you give up ice cream, but you're drinking, you know, Starbucks Frappuccinos or something. And you end up just, yeah. Picking a new thing to like skirt around the rules or whatever. And so, but I actually, I do like that example of like like a documentary where, you know, you get into it and then you find something new that's more interesting. And do you stick to your guns with your original vision, or do you right? Do you take this new information and this drive that you've already kind of given yourself and take it in a new direction? Which honestly, kind of is what happened with what I'm doing because, mm-hmm. like, I had talked about the app that I'm making as a white noise app. But <laughs> when I was on the airplane uh, on vacation, I had my laptop because I was going to work on stuff and. I didn't have internet access and I pretty quickly oh, yeah. realized like I can't code stuff without yeah. the internet <laughs> cuz I have to be able to like look up information and documents and you know steal people's stuff. And uh and so I kind of did a little funny thing that like I had talked about with a coworker maybe doing which was making oh, yeah. custom animations for every single one of the noises. <laughs> and it ended up being so much fun that I'm now doing that for all of them. So it kind of like took all that domain knowledge that I had learned over the last you know, six months or whatever. Yeah. Getting all of my motion graphics skills back up to date in combination with the app. And now I'm still making just as many animations, but they're all like built into this app. So (laughs) I don't know if this is going to be an interesting conversation, but it almost feels like a little bit of therapy for me.
0: No, I I do. I I, I would just say like, uh, I would just summarize by saying like my personal philosophy with stuff like that is uh, like, if, if it's something that's done like purely for leisure or whatever, like, I think it's okay to change your mind um, once you've made a commitment because, yeah, I mean, if you're not, if your goal was to have fun and you're not having fun anymore doing it, then what's what's the point? Like, why are you just doing
1: it? And so to it bring also? it all the way back around, this this podcast, I feel like we started it out with this idea of like, we'll just put out episodes when we do, we're not going to follow a schedule, and then we ended up sticking to a really strict schedule of every week. Mm-hmm. And then I think burnout combined with some new side stuff kind of pushed us into every other week. And then those gaps yeah. combined with you starting a new job sort of pushed us into this weird long extended break. Right. And I'll admit I was starting to feel that, uh, is this really worth doing? Cause I'm in this like quitter mood now, I guess. And so I was like, wow, well, mm-hmm. do we keep doing the podcast? Yeah. Is that uh, also like a uh, station 13, another podcast that, that we've talked about on the show before those guys, just like Mm -hmm. announced that they're not stopping, but they're going to kind of do it at a way less regular interval and maybe they'll phase out or something like that. So it's kind of at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Even leading up to this, maybe that played into me not necessarily pushing for time slots for recording, but yeah, what are we like 20 minutes into this conversation? And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is why I like doing this so much more than almost anything else. Yeah. It's an excuse to get to talk to you, uh, more frequently than I would get to since we don't live next to each other. And right. there's something about this that just, I don't know, it's just nice. It's like, a, it's like therapy.
0: Well, and, and, and I think it's better that we record when we have something to talk about and not just like we have to do this every week and it has to be this length of time.
1: True, although sometimes the best conversations like this one, which was not planned at all, uh, are the ones that come out when we don't have anything good. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, I, I think we do have a topic for today at least.
1: We do. So like we talked about f- a month ago. E three was coming up whenever we recorded last, and we said we might do a full episode. Yeah, um, but at least my experience with E three this year—I uh, don't, I don't know if you can speak to the same thing—but it seemed a little bit more kind of empty than normal.
0: Yeah, so I I have so I, I feel like there's there's two things we can talk about here with E three. We can talk about the substance of E three, but before we did that, with what you just said, that's a good segue into what my second thing with E three, and that's like. I feel that way too. However, I also wonder like how much of this is just that we're older and not big video gamers anymore? Because I because I think that. But then I look at that industry, and it's constantly like exponentially growing and has uh, now uh, uh, overtaken even Hollywood as an industry as the, at least as far as the amount of money that they make. And I get that a lot of it's because those things are more ex- like games are more expensive than movies and all that sort of stuff. But my point being is just that I feel that way where I'm like, what's going on with games anymore? Like it doesn't, I'm not excited about anything. And I, I almost wonder like, cause I know that I'm not much of a gamer anymore just every now and then. Um, and so I kind of wondered like, is that just because that we're getting older and, Onto different stuff, or is it actually the case that it's just like what's going on right now?
1: <laughs> well, so I think, I think not, uh, in part because I think I've been in that category for a long time. In fact, I'm more into games since the Nintendo Switch came out Same. than I was for like the yeah five or six years before that. So I think I'm more into games than I ever was. Uh, and I think last year's Gigantor like three hour episode that we did is sort of evidence of that, right? We were old then too, we're only a year older, but I think this year. Uh, it's a combination of two factors. One is just like the E3 conference has been sort of slowly losing relevance over the last uh, number of years. But then the other big one is where we're at in the console cycle. Yeah. So this year PlayStation didn't even have uh, an E3 event at all. Yeah, I wondered about that. So I think that plays into it to a part.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear any major news from Play- PlayStation. That was odd.
1: Yeah, so they did an announcement like a couple weeks before where basically they said, "We are going to come out with a new console in the next like year or two or something like that." And they gave some like specs, yeah, uh, as far as that goes. And then Microsoft's their main thing, I think I feel like that they announced was we too are coming out with a console next year. Yeah. And here are some specs about it. And uh it really wasn't full of a lot of details. Now, the difference with Microsoft is they have, like, a metric ton of studios that they've just mm-hmm. been buying and buying and buying.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're kind of pushing the indie route, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they have a lot of indie stuff. They they are pushing a lot of their games onto multiple platforms. Like, there's a lot of exciting things, specifically, I think, with Microsoft, um, even though, I you know, I don't own any of their stuff. But, uh, but E3 wasn't really a great example with that. Yeah they like I, I didn't watch all their stuff so you know apologies if there was a whole lot of interesting games but certainly there wasn't any huge breakout hits
0: yeah I, I think the main thing I watched was I watched uh I, I well I had not watched intently but just sort of like oh e 3s happening in three hours and I was like cleaning up around the house and stuff so I just had it on in the background and like was kind of checking in on it on all the big announcements whenever you hear people cheer more um and uh I mean, I I didn't watch the Nintendo stuff. I just sort of, uh, you know, was uh, looking at the hashtags on Twitter as that stuff was going on, um, and so yeah, I don't know. My I I just feel like now, granted, I'm not a big video gamer. Like, I, I when I said I agreed with you earlier, as. I would say I'm more into games now than I have been in a while, but that still doesn't really qualify me personally as sure uh, v- much of a video gamer because I think the last game that I played a lot was destiny. The first one, not the, not the second one. And so, um, that was the last like big console game that I played. And then the switch came out and I got it about a year afterwards. And I played Zelda a lot, which was a lot of fun and some of the Mario games. And so I do like playing that from time to time and Splatoon and stuff like that. But, um, uh, I wouldn't say I'm like a major video gamer anymore, but, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like, uh, me personally, and we've talked about this in the past, so we don't need to like, uh, uh, beat this into the dirt or anything, but like, I feel like the last three years, everyone's been waiting for something bigger to be announced with like VR or something and while that stuff exists like the Oculus is out there doing its thing none of it really feels big or practical or exciting at the moment and so really i feel like the only big stuff was a couple of titles that are exciting to hear about and um and then Xbox Xbox announcing their new system and here's some here's an Xbox go buy a new halo 2 so that's about
1: right. I but Like, I think the console, both the Xbox and the PlayStation reveals were I feel like they were just kind of empty of excitement. Well, there's nothing to them because it's basically like, yeah, it's I mean, they gave specs, yeah. right? So, like, they're going to have live ray tracing engines in there and, you know, they're going to have better graphics and probably higher resolution. Um And Xbox did sort of talk about their streaming thing a I little wanted bit. To talk about um, that.
0: I, w- I want to understand Well, so that's it. the thing.
1: So to me, the the most exciting thing, and I, I think I've said this before, like, I'm not as much a gamer as I am a really big fan of the gaming mm-hmm. business. Like, I just find everything about it fascinating and interesting. And that is why this year was actually a really exciting year for me, was because a couple days before E3 started, yeah. uh, Google actually had a big press announcement for their sort of entry into the gaming space, which is what they call Google Stadia. I think we've talked about it a little bit before because they did like a... I
0: don't know if we talked about it, but I saw it. I mean, like I saw the announcement.
1: Yeah, they did like a... They did a event like earlier this year and they did actually give a bunch of details then. Actually, that was what I was referring to a second ago, but uh, they gave a bunch of details on kind of how it worked, but they didn't talk about the business model. And so it was a little confusing, but the gist of it, if if you don't know, is... Google's sort of idea for how to make a game console is to not make a console at all, but to have everything be in the cloud. So you'd use like a Chromecast or or your computer or something hooked up to the TV and a separate controller. And you'd buy this controller and that controller would hook up to your Wi-Fi. And it's actually talking to straight to the server that is running your game in it. And then that server is sending the image just like Netflix image or whatever to your Chromecast or internet connected TV or Roku or whatever. And that's what's showing the thing on the screen. Oh, okay. And so what that gives you is the ability to have a way more powerful computer. Plus a whole bunch of other cool stuff that I could get into later if you want me to, uh, because everything's running in a giant Google data center. Yeah. As opposed to running on this box in your, in your house. Yeah. Now, what everybody was expecting out of that was a sort of Netflix for games which is kind of what Google, uh, Microsoft has been doing over the last like year with their Game Pass, maybe a little bit longer, where like you basically have a subscription. Uh, you know, It's like $15 or $10 a month or something. And as new games come in, you're getting like the newest games. You just get automatic access to it. And maybe stuff starts rolling out after a certain amount of time, again, just like Netflix. Um, and so everybody was expecting that out of Google. But what they announced right before E3 was it's actually not going to work the way... I think everybody was expecting. So there's sort of like a couple pieces to this. So there's the controller itself, which you can buy. That's the only real hardware you need other than like a Chromecast or something to actually stream it to. Yeah. Although most people probably already have something along those lines. Um, They didn't announce exact support for what they'll include, but for sure it'll, it'll include like Google stuff and eventually it'll include more third parties like Roku and Amazon and stuff, presumably. Um, but the controller itself looks just kind of like a standard controller. From what I've heard, it's it's good. You know, I don't know. I don't have that strong of feelings towards controllers. But the big thing is you're not actually subscribing for games. There is a thing that they call their premium service, which is a $10 a month thing and will include some library of games at some point. But for right now, the only game that's included is Destiny 2. Gotcha. And then everything else is you just buy separately mm-hmm. so it's more like um like itunes gotcha. or uh amazon not amazon prime but just amazon if you were to like buy a gotcha. movie or maybe even rent but they didn't mention rent um but you buy everything totally separately just like like steam yeah. or something so like it that.
0: sounds like what xbox is doing is they're kind of well so there was a couple things if i if i if i heard correctly um, so far, at least, uh, the Xbox streaming thing, I don't know if it'll be an app. I'm guessing that's how it'll appear at some point. Um, will be available both on through the Xbox
1: and on the, well, I'll get, I'll get to the Xbox specifics in a minute. If you want me to let's focus just on the Google one. Okay, go ahead. So the Google one, there's, there's a total let, let me, I didn't explain it fully either yet. So I'll just try and give like the bare bones explanation right now. So there's a totally free service. Where you can go on and you can go through any games that they have in their library and you can pick them and you can buy them and now you own that game. And if you own that game, you can play it and you can stream it at 1080p, 60 frames a second.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, there's also a premium service which does two things. One is any games that you play that support it, you can play at 4K at 60 frames a second.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, It'll have some library of games right now. The only game included in this library is destiny Two. presumably gotcha. Google. Cause Google did say that they are, they are starting up a game studio. And so any games that they make will probably included in this. And then they might get other games included in there. I, they haven't revealed a lot of details on that. But to me, the really big thing with this is completely for free there will be a marketplace just like Google Play Movies or iTunes or anything like that where you can go on, you can digitally yeah, okay, buy yeah. a game probably at like full price or something like that. And then you can play a full-blown console, 1080p, 60 frames a second game on your Chromecast or your smart TV or something like that. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's awesome.
1: A lot of people seem annoyed at this and they were expecting a Netflix kind of thing. And so for them, it's like, it seems like a ripoff and kind of not a good deal, mm-hmm. but it's, it almost feels like they're explicitly targeting me mm-hmm. because there is a very small number of games that yeah. aren't on the switch that I care about. Like I am generally speaking, not that into the big AAA games and I don't have, yeah I don't want to say I don't have the time. I don't spend the time to play a lot of those games, but there are a couple like No Man's Sky we've talked about. Right. Uh, also the Just Cause series for some re- reason. And those are games that are probably never coming to the Switch because they're kind of graphically intensive. But like right. they're not worth me buying the latest console and having a giant box under my TV and taking up an HDMI port just for these games that I would play probably for a decent amount of time, but then they would sit on the shelf and never be used for the majority of the time. But the ability to just pay, you know, $60 or even like I don't know, I don't know how much it would cost more. Yeah. To be able to have it accessible in a streaming way that's just like playing it on the console but it's just like there without me having to get a bunch of hardware and stuff together that to me is extremely exciting
0: no I agree like this actually I mean I realize we're talking about this and you wanted to keep that separate from the Xbox but I I have some questions about Xbox not necessarily that Xbox is doing the same thing but I feel like I have a big question mark on what is the future of gaming looks like because My understanding of what what like Xbox was doing is they kind of have what I was saying earlier where it's kind of like an app I'm imagining where as of right now you can get it. It's their Xbox Game Pass, which they've already kind of been uh, they've had out for about a year or two now. Um, But like you said, they're developing all or or they're uh, they've purchased a lot of the indie developers and stuff like that. So they're kind of adding a lot of that to beef it up and make it more worth it. And um
1: yeah, that's been so out for a while.
0: My big question mark was, is this like an out for Microsoft where like, yeah, they're coming out with another generation of game consoles. But with technology coming out, like with what Google's doing, like can't those types of technologies sort of be combined to where you don't even really need a console anymore? Like it just becomes you're a provider. Were like a resource for games to like pull up and play. And I don't know if that's I don't think that's what Xbox is doing right now. But I, I guess my question is, isn't that isn't that what it could become? Does that make sense?
1: So I think you hit the nail on the head for exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So Xbox is explicitly saying, yes, we are going to continue making consoles yeah. for those those hardcore gamers that really want, yeah, you know, closest to the metal, and they want the beefiest machine that they can get, and yada yada yada. But primarily, we want to be a games platform, and the Game Pass is like sort of their avenue for that. And so, they're making a big push for, yeah, um, exactly the scenario you just described. So they're coming out with a quote suite of consoles. So this presumably will be a like super beefed up sort of like the one X is now console and then also a sort of lighter smaller console that potentially is only like digital doesn't even have discs I don't you know they haven't announced any of these details yet
0: kind of like Roku has different models exactly yeah
1: and then um they've also started releasing games on the switch so like Cuphead yeah is a game that's under their studio like it's an indie developer but they own publishing or whatever they've released that on the switch there's also other games that they're bringing to the switch
0: oh yeah there's like a hypothetical news story i mean it's been written about so it's not hypothetical but i don't think anything's official but that they're talking about working with nintendo further to actually like release a lot of their games yeah
1: i think they're treating nintendo as their mobile strategy for for Mm -hmm. like handheld gaming and it makes sense with this whole platform because yeah like the Switch is just another arm of that. And then another arm of that is the PC. You know, They own Windows, and so they're pushing yeah. heavily into... They're building a lot of their infrastructure up that things that they build should be able to run on the Xbox and on the PC. Um, and they've even started releasing some of their games on Steam, which is like a competing platform with their store. Yeah, But I think all of this rolls into this thing of, like, they're no longer saying, like, it's our way or the highway. You need to buy into our platform. What they're really saying is, like, yeah. we are a service provider, and we will we will just be everywhere in the same way that Netflix is, like, everywhere. And then the third arm to this, which they've been really yeah. weirdly coy about, is their their streaming answer. And they've been working on this, um, it seems like, as long as Google's been working on this, at least as far as the rumors have been going for the last couple of years. Um, but they've announced a little bit. So they mm-hmm. call it xCloud. It's not super clear... Yeah, where they're at in relation to where Google is, it kind of the f- the sort of weird feeling that I've gotten out of it is that they got caught a little off guard by how far ahead uh, Google's Stadia platform was, because they kind of got really coy, whereas they were seeming really like sort of uh, bearish on the whole enterprise before. But yeah, but I mean the thing is, Google or uh, sorry, Microsoft, their Azure platform is their like cloud infrastructure stuff if you've ever heard of that Mm -hmm. but they power a huge portion of the internet like they have data centers all over the place they're one of the biggest players in that space and so they're well positioned for this whole thing um but for now at e3 the only thing they announced in relation to streaming is a feature of either the current xboxes or the upcoming xboxes i don't remember but it's basically a feature where Mm -hmm. your xbox can be your personal server for streaming. So you could stream, you could play a game on your phone. That's actually a game that's on your Xbox sitting at home streaming to your phone, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, but significantly less interesting. I feel like than the whole, like completely cloud first streaming infrastructure. And I'm not sure entirely why they're being coy about it. It might be that they need to, they have hardware that they have to announce that kind of goes with it. Like you might be able to buy an Xbox puck that looks like a Roku, that all it's doing is streaming, yeah. you know, and maybe they just weren't ready to announce hardware, so maybe that's why. I'm not sure what the details are, but... yeah,
0: I, I just think it's interesting that we've we've talked about in the past uh, how long have we been doing this now? I know at least two other episodes we've discussed that, like, even me as an Xbox fan that likes stuff like Halo and Destiny, I just feel like there's not much keeping me there anymore, so much so that I I actually sold my Xbox, because I just wasn't playing it, and um i mean i kept my halo games or whatever because i figure I'll, i'll you know i'll play them again at some point so i don't want to get rid of the games but i'm also seeing that like uh, i saw something about them saying that the master chief collection would be available on this like xbox uh, uh streaming thing or at least
1: the uh the pass or whatever it's on the game pass yeah yeah.
0: So I'm also feeling like, unless they're vaulting stuff, uh, I, 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 almost feel like, man, this is weird. Like, kind of like with movies. Um, now there's, granted, there's still some movies and a couple of TV shows that I think are worth having like hard copies of, but I've kind of stopped buying movies and CDs and things like that because these new opportunities for streaming services have changed how we consume those things and it, and like for instance, it doesn't seem like anybody's gonna vault the office. Um, it may switch around from platform to platform, but it seems like you're you'll always be able to watch The Office somewhere,
1: you know. And <laughs> that is a really funny example because are you aware of what just happened with The Office?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's out of Netflix at right. like 2021 or whatever. Yeah, and so, but but that's my point is is like they're already saying it'll be out of Netflix at 2021, but like. I don't remember who they said, but so and so is uh, like trying to get the rights to it now. Um, so well, no,
1: NBC, the ones who own The Office, they said that the, it will be on their streaming platform. But who knows? Oh. what that'll be, how much it'll cost? Are you going to add that one to your list? You know what I mean?
0: No, I agree. But my point is, is that it's not like it's erased and you'll never be able oh, sure. to find it again. Right, right, right. That that's what I mean. Is because there that used to be the case with movies. Um, there's even some movies where like now they're like. Uh, print, you know, they'll put something on DVD that used to not have a copy of it. And it's like, oh, uh, you know, people will buy it because it's like, holy cow, I haven't been able to get a hold of this like obscure movie from the eighties because it's literally out of print. But now those things are like on streaming services. So you don't even need the hard copies anymore. Like Willow, for instance, the George Lucas fantasy movie from the eighties used to be like really hard to find. Like I remember, like I had to like track it down on Amazon and buy like a used copy. George
1: Lucas or Ron Howard?
0: Uh, it was a George Lucas thing, and I think Ron Howard directed it. Oh, okay, from,
1: okay. yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm heading off the huge gluttony of Willow fans that were gonna <laughs> surround us on Twitter and correct <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I, that's just an example. But but like now that I think like some streaming service is actually making some sort of sequel or something to it. Yeah, like, I, I actually think, think, think Netflix is. It's I probably think they even are. Netflix now has the rights to it, and it'll like forever be on Netflix now. And so my point being is, it's like it's I feel the same way with games like I used to be like I need to have I need to keep these hard copies of Halo because I want to be able to always play them if I want to but now it's getting to the point where it's like oh I don't really need to worry about that anymore like I'm like uh, with music for instance I'm always going to be able to find Led Zeppelin somewhere (laughs) you know I don't
1: yeah it's it is like a it is like a weird thing because like archival stuff if that makes sense like Mm mm-hmm because like movies are a good example because if you are a person who sort of aggressively got all of the movies when like Disney released them out of their vault, right? Yeah. Well, then that means that somewhere in your basement, you've got a whole bunch of VHSs with, you know, Pinocchio and stuff on there that like mm-hmm. you might not even be able to watch. Like how many people even have VHSs still plugged in? Like I have one in my house for capturing old family tapes so I can digitize them. But other than that, there isn't one plugged into a TV.
0: Yeah, like a hundred years from now, you'll have to pay three hundred dollars on Amazon for right. A yeah, PCR. exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: but presumably, with with digital, like even if you don't personally have a digital copy of the thing, mm-hmm. as long as it's popular enough, and this to me is like sort of the the sticking point, then it'll kind of keep getting transferred over to new medium, new, new yeah. medium to new medium to new medium. Um, yeah but there is that like especially with music there is that thing of you know if the person who licensed that music like dies and then or or just stops keeping up with it and then you know Spotify goes under or they roll over to a new like provider or something and that license sort of expires and so it just disappears well like you truly have lost that forever yeah now that's not going to happen to led zeppelin right mm-hmm. but some more obscure stuff it might happen with. right so it is sort of weird. But then the flip side is, if you have a CD of it, well, how many people have CD players at all anymore? Right. But I
0: guess that's my thing is it's not fail-safe by any means, but I feel like having things on the internet, it's sort of like, you know, if you delete a tweet, it might be hard for the average person to find, but it's on the internet somewhere. Like, someone's got it. I think that's... I Like, I'm not saying things disappear.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that is due to the hard work of... Uh, a lot of people but yeah for the most part that is true sure
0: <laughs> yeah i guess what i'm saying is it's not fail safe but it's something where like i feel like with the internet and everything being digital there's a better chance of things not disappearing off the face of the earth like right. you'll be able yeah, to find true. it somewhere
1: i, I think the only like, real but... way to truly make sure that your music stays safe forever is to put everything on wax cylinder yeah yeah absolutely i <laughs> that is no that is a medium known for its longevity and uh ease to play yeah <laughs> exactly
0: yeah gramophone things like that I, but I guess let's go I mean moving away from like the technical pieces of it like I think we're kind of in agreement that it doesn't it was kind of a lackluster year I mean other people might disagree it feels
1: like it feels like we're about, we're on the precipice of a transition yeah and this was a year where those plans can't really be revealed I think next year right E3 or right before e3 we're going to know the details about the new playstation and the new xbox and so yeah either e3 will be the reveal of a bunch of stuff or it'll be revealed before and e3 will be a place to showcase lots of like gaming information about this new series of uh of launch titles you know that go with all that yeah. and so and it just so happened that nintendo is sort of on a in between year two like there's some good stuff some of their bigger stuff got delayed and so yeah it sort of worked out the same way for them too like their consoles are sort of placed in between the normal console cycle for Sony and Microsoft. But uh,
0: yeah, so that was that was E3. I was definitely more interested in the potential for like technology stuff. And I don't mean to be down on it because we just had a whole discussion about the potential that could be coming out of like the Game Pass thing and things like that. So,
1: right. That's the thing. It feels like this is like sort of a transition year and it is very interesting from a business perspective. Exactly. But that hasn't fallen out on the specifics yet.
0: Yeah. So that's, E3. That's, that's our, E3. that's our E3 coverage this year. I'm glad we didn't do a blow by blow like we did last year because there definitely was not as many big announcements.
1: No, no, yeah. not even close.
0: Yeah, that's all. That's all I really got. That's all I really got this week. That's all you're going to get out of me unless you have another topic.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's funny. I had put on there uh the Seattle trip. Oh, thinking yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have all sorts of stuff I could talk about. And, like, you know, I could talk to you about a lot of stuff because it's interesting. But yeah. when I went to go write down all the stuff, I was like, you know, I don't know. what. I feel like I did one on, on Boston when we went a couple years ago, and I really liked that episode. And so I was just expecting this would be the same way. But I'm like, there's not really anything. Like, the only thing I could think of was, uh, have you heard of Amazon Go? Mm, no. So Amazon's based in Seattle. So they, like, do a lot of sort of early experimental stuff there and they opened a store. I think there's actually two of them now in downtown Seattle mm-hmm. um, that are called Amazon go that are these experimental stores. You, you, you may have seen like articles about them. Mm-hmm. Basically it's a little like supermarket, I guess it's more like a Walgreens. If you only had the food section of Walgreens. Yeah. So even smaller. Right. And it's really interesting. You, you download a little app and you know, sign in with your Amazon credentials or whatever. And all the app does is it opens a little QR code mm-hmm. on the screen. And whenever you walk into the store, there's, there's little, uh, like not booths. It's, you know, like a library where you're walking through one of those little metal detector kind of things. Mm-hmm. And there's a little scanner and you just scan your phone and it beeps that the little doors open and you walk in. Yeah. And then in front of you, it looks just like a normal store. Like the only employees in the store are these people that are like stocking shelves or whatever. So, For the most part, it just looks totally like a normal store Uh unless you look up and there's a bunch of sensors up above Mm -hmm. you, but you don't even really notice that unless you're looking for it and you just walk around the store and grab whatever you want to buy off the shelf Yeah. and everything appears to be just totally normal. Like we went in before we went hiking one day and so we went in and we got like, you know, uh, edamame and like nuts and uh, granola bars, stuff like that. And you just grab them off the shelf Yeah. and then you walk out of the store you just walk out yeah there's no checking out there's no uh anything there's no buttons you hit or whatever and then like five minutes after you leave the store you get a little notification on your phone and it's like yeah hey we we got you tagged as buying these three things yeah that's cool it it was kind of amazing
0: yeah i remember that was like a thing that they were i read about that a couple years ago they've been like i mean i'm sure you're aware of it too so it's not new information but like that they're like test piloting those stores and they had like one or two now don't they something like that
1: yeah yeah exactly that's what i was saying and th- and this is this is where they are yeah and you know it's one of those things where it's like i have no idea what the financial viability of it is like mm-hmm. how much does this cost them to run it could be really expensive to run and so maybe yeah. it's not viable at all but from a like user experience perspective it was awesome like yeah and it, w- it didn't feel impersonal either that was what was interesting it wasn't like it wasn't like buying from a kiosk or something mm-hmm I think in part because there's employees in the store that are packing it with stuff and it was not crowded, but there was a decent amount of people in there. It just felt like, like a community center. You're just walking in grabbing what you need and walking out. Yeah. And there was no, I don't know. It kind of reminds me how a lot of people describe self-driving cars, Mm -hmm. which actually I got to experience that for the first time a couple of weeks ago, but that's a different story for a different day. But like the thing that you always hear about self-driving cars in like any article you read is how, For the first, like, minute or two, it's this weird experience. And then, like, very, very quickly, it becomes really dull and boring. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm just riding in a car. Nothing about this is weird at all. And I think that's what stood out to me the most about the Amazon Go. is like, Mm -hmm. the first time we used it, it was like, you're kind of, like, anxious about it, and you're looking at your phone, and you're like, is this really all we do? You You just walk out? Like, it feels like you're stealing. But then we went in another day to grab a different thing. And that time, we just walked in and walked out. Like, we weren't... We weren't going in there to experience it. We were going in there because we needed to grab something. Right. And that time it was just like, I didn't even think about how, like it just felt so normal. It wasn't until we were walking down the block and my watch buzzed and I looked and it was like, Hey, we just charged you, you know, $5 for this granola bar or something. And it was like, Whoa, that was actually kind of a remarkable bland experience. And it would be really cool if in like 20 or 30 years, these, types of things are all over the place
0: yeah no yeah it'll be interesting it'll also be interesting to see like if that becomes the norm like what'll be required of the average person in order to just shop like will everybody kind of like
1: be required to have a cell phone that is a really good point (laughs) that i didn't really think through at all but yeah like yeah is there a expectation on a citizenry that they have phones and do you have to have a phone to like operate in society? Then there's like a, a
0: minimum government registry
1: for phones. (laughs) Honestly, like this is a thing that really bugs me about, um, a certain subset of the population (laughs) that highly looks down upon people whenever they, they claim to be impoverished, but then they're buying phones and they're kind of like, these people are on food stamps and, they're out there buying a smartphone. I didn't have a smartphone until I was, you know, 50 or something. It's like, okay,
0: yeah, get rid of your smartphone and then you have $500 that'll last you a couple of months. So.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> and like and you're not going to be able to get a job or operate in society. Right. Like it's kind of a like a requirement to to be a I I don't want to say this like condescending, but it's the
0: easiest mode of requirement, like especially cuz like a lot of jobs like there's lots of industries that just solely like Hire people off LinkedIn now. And
1: yeah, exactly. the phone
0: is a cheaper version of a computer nowadays.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't like, you, it's, it feels like it's more of a luxury to have a laptop mm-hmm. than it is to have a phone. Right. At this point, like a smartphone. So,
0: uh, yeah, and I, yeah, I don't want to go too far into saying it's required for living, but that, but th- that is like interesting technology questions that like.
1: No, no. Yeah. That's obviously the wrong phrasing.
0: Yeah. Like it is getting to a point where it's sort of like, yeah, it's kind of, be harder and harder to do anything without, without certain types of technology in play.
1: But yeah, like are there stores now that require credit cards or does like everywhere have to be able to accept cash? Cause that's kind of in a similar vein, right? Yeah. It may get to that point too. I don't know. Cause what I was going to say is, Oh, maybe they'll just have like your driver's license has a QR code and then places can use that. But then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, the whole reason this worked is because there's a payment system that backs this. Mm-hmm. And maybe the real answer to this is stores will always have to have at least one place to check out.
0: Well that's part of um it's interesting not that I'm like saying anything novel here and I don't mean to sound like someone that's been like like smoking marijuana for a week and
1: coming up with yeah, these despite deep Despite that clearly being the case.
0: Yeah, but um the what is that book? Uh Sapiens that that's kind of like a Yeah, the
1: Malcolm is that Malcolm Gladwell?
0: Yeah. No, not Malcolm Gladwell. It's like Harari.
1: I forget the guy's name, first name. But anyway. Um, I don't know. It's one of those like it's a pop science book that's really popular right now, right?
0: Yeah, I, I read it. It's it's actually really interesting. And uh, one of the big things that it's uh, very strong, it, like it's, it's multidisciplinary and it's like approach. And but one of the big like thesis of it is like uh, applying the concept of myth and to like history and all these different things and it talks it has this whole section about economics and money and it's interesting because he never gives like he never comes down on like answers to these problems but just sort of like is talking about cryptocurrencies and like all these different things and like how uh, money is essentially just this thing that we've all agreed upon and that's really all it is is that these things have value and some people are scared of cryptocurrencies or whatever but that's essentially all we would be doing there too but how do you you know but it's just like this weird thing that like all we're doing is agreeing don't
1: get me started on cryptocurrencies
0: no we don't need to go into that i'm just saying like but like
1: (laughs) i have lots of thoughts
0: yeah that's what i mean like i don't mean to sound like i'm like high or something because i'm sure there's been me and people that are like man you ever think about the fact that money is just us agreeing on you know but that that is what it is it's just like a myth it's just like we've all agreed upon this thing and that this stuff has value so that we can operate and function as society economically and so yeah the it's all interesting like what will be required technologically as things advance in certain countries because not not everyone is at the same point all the time but like how does that change the requirements of just basic everyday living um because I feel like there's there's got to be an example of that now. Um, The phone is a good example that it's getting to that point, but I don't think we're quite there yet. But there's got to be something where it's just a given that it's like, oh, yeah, everybody needs one of these. And
1: yeah, I think like a credit card is in that in that vein. Yeah. Like, obviously, you can operate without one. Right. But like a credit card or, or a debit card or some sort of connection to the like banking system mm-hmm. and having some sort of credit uh, associated with you is borderline a requirement in the United States now like that's not the case in a lot of other countries I know that was a that was a big problem in like India and they just did a bunch of stuff uh, just (laughs) meaning like a year or two ago Mm -hmm. they they changed how their currency works in part to try and like force more people to use the banking systems there but uh but here it is borderline like assumed that you have some sort of banking or a credit card or something like that
0: yeah yeah that's a good
1: point you know i'm saying that from a a place of like Mm -hmm. a little bit of privilege like i might be (laughs) i might just not have the right perspective there might be a huge subset of the united states that doesn't i don't know the stats so Mm -hmm. that might actually be total crap but at least from my like uh anecdotal perspective on that it it seems like that's almost ubiquitous
0: yeah well now this isn't completely widespread but like the fact that the government got to a point where they were just giving everybody those like tv conversion boxes i feel like that's something that's sort of like it got to this point where like well it's a given like this isn't a problem that just to get everyone on the same page like as yeah
1: i think that was more like we are forcing a change that is going to break people's stuff and we don't want to force this change unless we give people an alternative
0: oh okay gotcha you
1: know what i mean like they wanted to switch everything to digital because that was going to free up a lot of stuff but if you didn't have some sort of box to convert that signal into an analog signal all of your analog tvs would stop working yeah and so companies didn't want to do that because a bunch of people wouldn't be able to use the devices anymore Mm -hmm. so it took government intervention to force it yeah but that also meant without you don't want to piss off all of your voters so you also give them an alternative so i think that's what that was about gotcha
0: i think i think that's a good episode
1: i think so we're we're back uh with vengeance yeah
0: (laughs) yeah look look forward to uh new episodes that we may be putting out in season three i think that's are we going (laughs) into season three now that makes sense we took a break last year before season yeah actually okay
1: so that's that's a good point (laughs) yeah so in between i i just looked this up while you were talking earlier and i was ignoring you yeah in between this episode and the next episode we will hit our second anniversary. Okay. So we will have been doing this for two years. Yeah. So I don't know if that's something to be proud of or embarrassed by, but uh, it is a thing.
0: Yeah. So two years or three years? Two years. Okay. okay. We'll
1: be beginning our third year. Gotcha. We started in 2017 and it is 2019. Yeah,
0: right? that makes sense because it was <laughs> shortly after I got my house and I've had my house two years. Ago. Yeah.
1: So uh, if you if you like this and uh, you want to let us know, or if you didn't like this and uh, you want to let Dan know, you can find us on pretty much all of the social medias uh, except for like Snapchat. Yeah, uh, links but still- we are on Mastodon still. That is still a thing. And <laughs> you can find us at A Town FM. Uh, right. That's pretty much our handle everywhere. Yeah. Uh, our website is atownfm.com, and uh, we have a Reddit, and that's that's probably the best place to leave long comments. But uh, obviously, pretty much anywhere is welcome. Yeah. And so definitely, definitely do that. And I also want to give a little shout out and thank you and a sort of apology, I guess, to our patrons. I feel like. Uh, we haven't exactly been the the best of them lately. Mm-hmm. We've been sort of bigger gaps between episodes. Uh, I don't remember the last time we did a bonus episode. Yeah, and there a- I'm just now remembering, I think we owe uh, a patron slash winner of the uh, oh, yeah. Oscars ballot a special episode on the movie uh, Primal? No. Uh, oh, gosh. We owe him a movie episode, and we still haven't done it because we're terrible, and also we've been busy, so... That is still coming. I haven't forgotten and I'm very sorry. Um one of these days we probably need to get back to that, but to be honest, it it probably won't be until the school year gets back into play because it feels like summers are just crazy town. Yeah, it's my kids and and my wife go back to school, things get a little little more calmed down. All right. All right. Let's shut it down.